0: Do you remember what it's like to be in a big crowd of people? Being a part of a gathering, or a demonstration, or a concert, where everyone stands really close together, everyone is touching and moving in the same rhythm, sharing scents and the same air? That scenery is now, of course, the ultimate nightmare. At a time when we are all confined to our homes, honoring social distancing and only essential meetings with five persons or less can happen here in Geneva. All because of the novel coronavirus that leaves no human life untouched all around the globe in ways few could have imagined. Today, at the beginning of Holy Week, at the end of which Jesus ends his life on the cross, we encounter just this kind of a big crowd, greeting and celebrating Jesus as he enters Jerusalem with his friends and followers. It is a day of joy, excitement, of hope. It is a day of tensions, political, religious, and emotional tensions. Jesus's arrival in Jerusalem, an occupied complicated city, is loaded with symbolic meaning that every man, woman, and child in that crowd, recognized and watched unfold. I guess we are sort of used to view this crowd with some suspicion. After all, we know what is going to happen. We could even say that uh, it is the same crowd that greeted Jesus with so much hope, excitement and optimism that then turned on him, when their expectations weren't met. These expectations may be ranged from deep longing for freedom, to a proud nationalistic memory of a past glory, or maybe something even more mundane, hopes for a carefree future where there is enough food to put on a table, to feed hungry mouths. Hopes for peaceful relationships between different groups, within households, between neighbors. Hope for peace and safety. All these hopes are projected onto Jesus as he enters the city, just as the greatest religious feast of the year draws near. And I think we can't brush off the sincerity, eagerness, and the seriousness of these hopes. I think it's wrong to shame the crowd that followed Jesus through Jerusalem on this day or to write them off as shallow opportunists. Opportunists. Their cries were real Their blessings and prayers were sincere, and so was their hope for a better life. And this is a magical moment. As Matthew writes the story, Jesus is claiming his religious heritage, fulfilling the scriptures of his faith by choosing the donkey to ride on upon his entrance into the city. In the biblical scriptures, the donkey is not only repeatedly connected with God's anointed, but with the recognition of human needs as well. A donkey carries on his back messiahs, kings, and prophets but also loaves of bread cakes of raisins and figs and wine think about the interaction between king david and the steward zipa in second samuel chapter 16 when zipa brought a string of donkeys saddled and loaded with bread fruit and wine Why have you brought these? Asks the king. And the steward answers. The donkey, the donkeys are for the king's household to ride on, the bread and fruit are for the man to eat and the wine is to refresh those who become exhausted in the wilderness. The donkey represents the means by which God's word reaches God's people. The donkey is humble. It is peaceful. It carries the Prince of Peace into Jerusalem. It carries food that nourishes and wine that refreshes. On the other hand, the donkey also confuses what chosen one, what king comes to claim his power on the back of a donkey? That is why the Palm Sunday scene is so dynamic. The message delivered is that here is the prophet, Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. He is God's anointed He is the promise fulfilled. He is the embodied word of God, word of justice, joy, and peace. The crowd recognizes it, and the authorities fear it. Friends, we know about confusing times. What is happening? How will will this situation affect my life and the lives of my loved ones? Can we even live as a church while we can't meet and share the bread? How can we be sustained as a community that is kept apart by a nasty virus, fear, and federal orders? This land, which is, as someone put it, the Lentiest Lent I've ever lent it. we have been working with the image of bread and how it symbolizes God's grace and love. We started with an empty bowl, then the ingredients, a recipe, a baker in turmoil, and this Sunday we see how the bread turns into the cry of the crowd, Hosanna. I've been thinking about an old story from my homeland about a precious bread and what it means to be entrusted with that bread for the sake of others. There once was a young woman in a service job at a rural rectory in Southwest Iceland. One of her duties was to cook bread in natural hot springs a bit from the farm. So she would bring the uncooked bread in a wood bucket, dig it in the hot earth, and retrieve the cooked one at the same time. All these trips were on foot. And she had done this hundreds of times since the earth-cooked bread was a big source of nourishment for a large household. But one time, the short trip took an unexpected turn. When she was by the spring, just having made the switch of the uncooked bread and the freshly cooked one, a thick fog trickled down the mountains, covering everything so there was no visibility and impossible to navigate back to the farm through the landscape. But she thought she would nevertheless try to find her way by following familiar creeks and stones she thought she recognized and started a very slow journey towards what she was sure was the right direction. Unfortunately, she got lost, which she realized when she had walked in circles and was clearly nowhere close to the farm. Instead, she had wandered up to the moors where no human being lived and there she spent the next three days and three nights sleeping on the soft moss, drinking fresh rainwater from stones. At the busy rectory farm, people didn't immediately realize that there was no bread in the house. But when they figured out they were also missing a girl, they thought some action was needed. So a small search party was sent out to look for the girl, which was found after three days in the wilderness. When she was found, she still had the bread in the wooden bucket, untouched. And many years later, when she was an old woman, she was asked why she hadn't taken any of it to eat and nourish herself during this long time she was lost in the mountains young man she answered the local reporter from the regional herald when committed you are committed i was entrusted with this bread and i was certainly not going to eat it myself In any case, you don't need to be eating all the time. It's bad manners. Okay, said the young reporter. When you got back to the farm, do you know what happened to the bread? Oh, I suppose it was used to feed the horses. It was, after all, three days old, said the old lady. Friends, we are in the wilderness right now. For all too many, The cross of Good Friday casts its shadow on their lives, their livelihoods, their loved ones. We can't come together to break the bread or share the cup. We can't physically form the crowd that cries out to Jesus and blesses his holy name. But we are still the church. Maybe it is in the shadow of the cross we find more ways to be human and reach out to each other. Maybe times of crisis bring out true cries and true wishes that are not about unimportant things, but the well being and safety of our neighbor. Maybe times of crisis bring out hopes to be touched and formed by the love of God. We are being trusted with the bread of life for the sake of others. We are praying. We are keeping in touch. We are joined in the spirit in the memory of Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem. With the crowd that followed him there, we are joined in the hope of a better future. We are joined in the hope of the bread that nourishes and give life, gives life to the world. We are joining the crowd in the Hosanna and in the blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And when we'll meet again, what a celebration it will be. We know that Jesus is coming. We are praying to Jesus who is coming. Did you get a mail this week with a palm cross and fold it? Take that cross into your hand, feel it on your skin, lift it up, look at it and let it encourage you in the hope of the one who has died, is risen and will come again, amen.